everybody. Welcome to another edition of What's What VR. Today, we've got Jim Caldwell, who is wearing three hats for us down at the Baton Rouge Airport. Marketing, public relations, and air service development manager at Baton Rouge Metro Airport for any pilots, KBTR. How's it going, Jim? Oh, great. How are you? I'm good. We're keeping up over here and moving and shaking as much as we can. So, it's... um. I wrote a column the other day about uh, I want my summer back because I don't feel like I actually got a summer and didn't get to really travel or do anything. And I'm sure yeah. you know that all too well. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Some of the school kids feel like it's endless summer these days, I guess. That's, it's. I said mine just went back uh, last week. And I told them, I said, don't think this is the norm. You hadn't been to school in five <laughs> months. You won't. You can't do this again until you're graduated from college you're going you got another you got 20 years you know before yeah. you get five months off of your life to do nothing yeah this you're right they'll they'll remember this all their their lives it's a pretty unusual disruption yeah i think it's gonna I've talked to people about it it's you know gonna be one of those anchor moments you know i was talking with the old state capital foundation we were talking about you know like we're literally living history you know right now it's going to be, you know, kind of like the Kennedy, you know, where were you when, you know, COVID hit, you know, I was yeah. running the Baton Rouge airport. I was in Baton Rouge. I did this and this is what we did that, you know, time. So yeah, it's interesting because uh, in the same note, I found out on somewhere, I think it was two or three years ago, the first textbooks came out. The first history textbooks came out with nine 11 written into it. And I'm like, it's history like that just had like there's how is that really history and then i go back and do the math and i go well that makes sense now so yeah as we get older the, the time seems to change in terms of passing absolutely well tell me what's happening over at the you know badbridge airport is open you know right but it's that's a right bit yeah, different. We, yeah we ne we never never closed and 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 never stopped having flights you know obviously uh the the decline in flight frequency was, you know, heaviest in April. And that was kind of our bottom out month where we were down 95% in passenger volume, which was uh, comparable to what it was across the country. But it's it's improved, you know, every month since then. We were down 85% uh, 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 in May, 78% uh, in, in June, and, and only, only down 67% in uh, uh, July. I mean, those are still bad numbers, but uh, we're trending – up. We're staying with our peer airports, comparable to what's happening, you know, nationally. So, uh, uh, you know, there's steady increase. It's uh, I think in, in the last month, uh, TSA counts nationwide have been the, the highest they've been since COVID hit. Uh, again, it, it's still only at about a third of pre-COVID levels, but but you know they're improving. It's funny you say it. Uh, I was talking with you know, another uh, business owner, we were talking about, you know, where, you know, where's your business, how the numbers, same kind of thing. It's like, oh, we're down 85, 75, 65. And he was like, yeah. you know, but I've never been so excited and so happy to see such horrible numbers, you know, and such mediocre <laughs> performance. He's yeah. like, we're only down, you know, 45%. And I'm like, yeah, that just sounds crazy. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're saying what's well, less red this month than it was last month. And, uh, that's uh it's like the uh black is hard though like uh was it i think arnold palmer they told him somebody you know to be wired to be an optimistic somebody one of the reporters was like you know you're gonna be playing golf today it's 110 degrees in the shade he's like it's a good thing we're not playing in the shade 
So, so yeah, so airport's been open, still can come in, still park, still do, you know, normal tasks, but obviously, you know, kind of looking, kicking around websites, normal, get a mask, you know, put it on. Yeah. Mask all the way through, check in to leave. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, now it was uh, until the uh, statewide, you know, mask uh, requirement. It, it was re recommended in the terminal, but not required. But it is now required in the terminal uh, and uh, everywhere in the terminal. And the airlines, of course, American Delta and United, our carriers have been requiring a mask on the flights for, for quite a while now. But mm -hmm. the good thing about that is, you know, the airport is we've got cleaning protocols you know that are stricter than ever you know the uh, more frequent hospital grade disinfectants we fog the airport with disinfectants every night and, and the airlines are doing even more you know the aircraft are being cleaned uh, with disinfectants fog not only nightly but uh, often between flights uh, and um, you know you have to wear the mask so they've really done all they can to minimize uh, exposure the uh, you know one thing a lot of people don't realize is today's aircraft, uh, the air circulation is very frequent, much, much closer to, it's comparable to what you get in a hospital room than, than what you get in a typical building, you know, which is circulating one or two times an hour versus an aircraft 10 or more times, you know, an hour that, and it's going through those HEPA filters, the high filtration, you know, they get out 99.9% .9 of the particulates. So, um, you know, it's, it's much cleaner air in an aircraft cabin than, than many people, uh, you know, perceive it to be. Absolutely. I think uh, I had a cruise that was scheduled in the midst of all this that was like, nope, you're not going. So and I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like going, are you really going to go on a cruise? And I was like, do you know how clean that boat's going to be when it finally opens back up? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know, it's true. You know, people talk about this, you know, and from the air travel, you know, it's like you said, it's those planes right now are cleaner than they have ever been, you know, oh, yeah. for the most part. So, you know, get out, you know, do some travel, you know, do something, you know, it's, but the option is there. And I guess that's what I wanted to make sure, you know, everybody realizes that you can still go online, you can pick up a flight and you can fly out of Baton Rouge and you know, do the trip. You know, it's not, you know, shut down. A lot of people have heard, you know, all everything shut down, planes parked along the side of runways, air travel, not happening, but yeah, we've got some planes parked, you know, but not, you know, we're still moving people, you know, as needed. Yeah. We've still got, you know, at, at Baton Rouge, you know, with the hubs, you know, American to Charlotte and Dallas, uh, United to Houston, um, uh, you know, Delta to Atlanta. They're, they're still offering multiple flights a day, e even though, you know, with, with uh, well, with Delta and United, it's about half the frequencies they used to have. But you still got three or four flights, you know, a day to each hub, which gives you plenty of uh, time options. Now, American has is, is really kept. Uh, you know, the highest percentage of their flights, you know, than, than uh, any carrier, four or five times a day to Dallas, two or three to Charlotte, depending on the, the time of day. So, you know, we really are thankful that American has kept their frequencies up as, as high as, as they have. And their load factors, you know, the percentage of seats filled is, have been, uh, you know, climbing. They've been running the uh, uh, most recent month, according to the station manager, about 60%, which, you know, it's below the, you know, 80% range you had pre-COVID, but it's, you know, improved dramatically. And uh, so, yeah, you can still get anywhere. Um, you know, we're always, we've always been an airport with short lines, you know, park right out front. You don't have to, you know, get around as many people because you don't have to ride a, you know, in a van, you know, from a parking lot to the terminal. You can park, 
terminal front, walk in and, uh, you know, the short lives we've always had, fast security clearance or, or even faster now. So um, it, it's an easy process. And uh, uh, there's some good deals, you know, and not only flying, but there's some good deals at destinations. You know, just about every destination has uh, some kind of special now. So you can get some great rates. And uh, that's, I've been seeing a lot of that, that people, I've got a friend that has just been, he does uh, work remotely, and so he's not having to necessarily go in anywhere. And it seems like every time I talk to him, he's in another city. You know, he's like, <laughs> I'm just, he's like, I'm buying flights cheap as I can get. And whenever I book a place, if I book, you know, normally it's, if I book two days, they'll give me two days for free. He's like, they just want people coming, you know, into yeah. these places. And so just generate some cash, you know, I guess for them. That, that's it, just side. cash flow. You know? Not worried that's, so much about profitability, just, just bring some cash flow in. But yeah. Um, it's, and that's to your point that uh, leisure demand is 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 what's picking up more than business travel. You know, it's it's um, and and we're you know like most airports, we we have a significant leisure visit friends and family type travel demand, but but we do have a lot of corporate too, and that's down. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it'll change. You know, the companies I've talked to, the policy varies a lot. Some some are more lenient than others, or you know, uh, leaving it up to the traveler or and, and certainly are allowing what they consider essential travel. Others are more strict, you know, the travel approvals having to go way up the chain, even, even into senior management. It just you know, varies a lot by companies, but, uh, but I think those will, will loosen, you know, more and more. And, and obviously, you know, if a, a vaccine comes uh, the end of the year and we get into early next year and, and people have that option of, of taking a vaccination, uh, I think the demand is going to come back. I think we'll see. So I think we'll see kind of a rubber band, you know, maybe effect on some of this to where, you know, this is great. We're on Zoom, you know, talking now and I've used Zoom in business for years and it's crazy. I've told the story on here before for years I've done Zoom, but I could never really get anybody in Baton Rouge, you know, to jump on a Zoom. It just didn't understand it. It didn't make sense. I was Zooming, you know, people on the other side of the earth, you know, on a regular basis, but trying to talk to a guy downtown, they just didn't know what it was. I didn't install an app. Now everybody knows what it is. So yeah. it's, you know, it's like, there's no way I'm driving downtown to talk to you for 20 minutes, you know, and <laughs> have to fight in traffic and sit park in yeah. the garage and walk and all, you know, we'll just jump on zoom. But yeah. where I'm going with this is I think once some of this gets lifted where people are going to go, all right, I'm done I'm talking to you on zoom. I'm coming to see you. You know, yeah. we're going to put this deal together. Let's get in the hotel room. You know, let's talk about, you know, how do we solve this problem? Let's get people face to face and we'll see that number jump, you know, back again, hopefully. So. And I think you're right. There's, there's, there's subtleties in meetings uh, and, you know, nuances and just more complex things that can happen when you're face to face where, you know, you, and maybe even when you go to lunch, you know, later or you, you know, you just, things come up. Uh, especially in a casual atmosphere that where you, you, you might come up with solutions to things or you might build a real better relationship with the client. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, businesses uh, recognize that for essential travel, especially, they, they need to see that customer or they need to go solve a customer's problems. And, uh, uh, you know, that, that type of travel is beginning to, to resume. You know, they, if it's, if it's going to hurt the bottom line, not traveling, you know, a company is going to, you know, try to get those issues resolved and, and travel. Exactly. Well, I wanted to touch, but you touched on it pretty quickly here. Kind of wrote, you know, some notes over here. The 
the family side of it, you know, the family, you know, we've got, you know, kids getting back into school, but we're going to be seeing, you know, we're going to have, you know, holidays coming back up and, you know, do we go see families? Do we not? And just really, you know, I'm here in Baton Rouge, you're here. It's, there's a big difference in the steps that it takes to fly out of Baton Rouge versus, you know, going to uh, New Orleans, you know, or something like that to where it's, you've got two trips to make. You know, so if, you know, families are, you know, packing up and you're trying, if you've got, you know, strollers and car seats and, you know, all these different things that you've got to bring, you've got to load all that. If you're going to go and then you've got to park somewhere and then you've got to potentially get into, you know, the bus or the van or, you know, load everything again. And then like, you're just, you're exhausted by the time you get to the airport, you know, at that yeah. point, whereas what you were talking about that I hadn't really didn't think about You've got the jetway. If you're lucky enough to park on the second floor, you mm -hmm. know, of the garage, you could literally yeah. just walk straight to security within, you know, what, a hundred yards, you yeah. know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're on the first or third, you, all you got to do is take one elevator up or, or down and, and do the same thing. And, uh, it, it is definitely, you know, the, the most frequent customers we have, you know, in the surveys, that's, those are the things, not surprisingly, they like best about Baton Rouge. It's, you know, easy to get to and through, you know, terminal front parking, you know, the uh, TSA lines or others usually, you know, if there is a line, it's a short one. And so you can get through quickly. And, uh, and you know, and some people, you know, we love for them to come here and park. Uh, parking revenue is one of our uh, big revenue uh, sources. But, uh, you know, if they choose to have a friend drop them off or Uber or Lyft, you know, in Baton Rouge, that's more of an option than if you have to drive an hour plus, you know, somewhere. That's, I've done it, you know, I've flown out of both. I prefer Baton Rouge because it's just easier because it's, yeah. I generally, when I come back home, I want to be home where it's not just another, okay, I've got to go spend 20 minutes getting luggage. I got another right. 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get on a shuttle. I got another, you know, hour, hour and a half drive, you know, to get home. Yeah. It just drags it out, you know, so much. Oh, especially if you're where, coming back late in the day, driving back at night, which is no fun. Exactly. And I just, I've got, I got a 12 year old and I got seven year old twin boys, you know? And so from a family side of things, like I was mentioning, you know, we've done it to where it's like, this is a nightmare. You know, this yeah. is a, trying to get all the way there, trying to get everybody, you know, through security, you know, your stress level, you know, on a one to 10, you know, you know, heading out of new Orleans and look, it's a great airport, but at the end of the day, you start out, you wake up at a zero, you know, I'm probably on a day of travel with the whole family. I'm probably a five driving off, you know, from the house yeah. by the time, you know, I actually get through a terminal, you know, and get there, you know, I'm an eight or a nine at that point. Like it's, I'm ready to turn it around and just go home. You know, it's like, we're not doing <laughs> yeah. this versus yeah. if I can just get out of the house and just literally just kind of walk straight through, you know, on a security piece, you know, that's yeah. a whole lot easier here in town. So easier. Yeah, on the kids that's and if you look at, the, you know, there's some additional costs. If you take the government's 51 cents a mile reimbursement for mileage, you know, that you've got that additional cost, uh, more expensive parking if you park. And uh, in fact, we did a study a few years ago, and the average business traveler taking the average income, you know, hourly uh, income of a business traveler, it's usually a two to $300, depending on the business traveler, additional cost uh, of driving, you know, uh, to New Orleans. Uh, if you factor in the value of their time, and other things so yeah that's that's people need to think about it you know it's from family but business yeah it's what's what are you paying you know them to drive over what are you paying to park the car you know paying yeah. them to drive back you know there's yeah a so lot of that just, or, 
what the fair is, you know, yeah. you know, over there. So. Exactly. And, uh, and, you know, the, you know, we always appreciate, you know, people supporting the hometown airport as much as they can. We know we're not going to get all the business, but uh, the more we get, the more it helps us uh, sustain our existing service and, and get additional flights in the future. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, airlines look at, okay, you know, show me that, that new service is warranted, that you're fully utilizing your existing service uh, to therefore warrant more flights. Right. Well, that's, they're in the business of moving people. The more attractive you can make it, you know, more attractive, more, you know, safe, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have more airlines come, more airlines yep. come, the lower the price, you know, comes for everybody at the end of yep. the day. Right. That's right. So, so we can, um, one I definitely want to touch on, we've got some, you had some good news recently, right? You know, had uh, got a new, couple new projects, got some money coming over there, you know, from yeah. the Fed side, making some improvements. It was, uh, what was it? Uh, well, we, we uh, are going to, uh, it's the runway protection zone at the end of runway uh, 31, runway 1331 is uh, currently has at the end of 31 has an EMAS, which is engineered material resting system. It's a, uh, Kind of, kind of like cement blocks, stepping stones, but it's a specialized material that if an aircraft overruns uh, the runway, and of course, as you know, since you're a pilot about this, uh, you know, they, they hit that and it stops the aircraft safely. That's sinking. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's certainly uh, completely safe, uh, acceptable by the FAA, uh, but it's costly long-term. You have to replace it every 10 to 15 years. It requires a lot of maintenance. There was a period... Uh, there was a period not too long ago where uh, they were down to one company doing that work, and it appeared that that company may even discontinue it. So that was uh, a concern. And, and the uh, FAA's preference is to have a uh, you know additional land as your runway protection zone, overrun area, and uh, that's the uh, option that was in our master plan long term. So that's what we're implementing now. Uh, the design phase is over now, and uh, uh, we're moving forward. I hope to start construction um, not not too far in the distant future, and uh, it'll uh, it'll expand the land out beyond the runway where we won't will no longer have to have the uh, EMAS system there. There'll just be additional uh, land beyond the runway if there is an overrun situation, and uh, and it. Uh, has the additional benefit of giving us the allowing us to reclaim the what they call a displaced threshold, which you know about. Of course, if you're coming in to land on that end of the runway, um, because we don't have that additional overrun area, uh, aircraft has to land at a slightly steeper angle, touch down a little bit further down, which is fine. It's not a problem. But uh, we'll by getting completing this project, we'll reclaim that three over 300 feet, and the aircraft will be able to fully utilize the runway. And, land uh, at the end of the runway which uh, benefits but it's it's part of our master plan and uh um you know hopefully uh we'll be able to uh, get it completed and, and then we'll uh you know be uh in a position the preferred method of the faa but it, but again the emas you know there are airports across the world laguardia you know uh, back in the last election you may have recalled that where pence's flight actually at LaGuardia went into the EMAS there, and it, it certainly stops an aircraft safely. But there's just uh, long term; it's it's not really as cost effective as just getting a permanent uh, runway protection zone with additional land. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. That's good news for us. And you know, we got somebody else to kind of foot the bill for us, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, we, uh, yeah, for the FAA, and the FAA, you know, they, they certainly um, are strict about, you know, allocating those funds. They look at projects uh, and prioritize according to what, you know, uh, it makes the most sense and uh, has the highest need. And uh, so we're grateful to get in, grateful for, our, you know, uh, our senators and Congressman Graves, you know, who's on the Transportation Committee and the help they, they did in securing the funds. And uh, uh, so we, you know, looking forward to having that project done. We, with the master plan, you know, they're just always looking at, you know, what are we going to be like five, 10, 20 years from now? Of course, it's, it's, uh, it's always difficult to project because you never know about, you know, you can't pr predict a COVID situation, for example. But, That's going to be, I can't imagine the, you know, the struggles where I think everybody's been, I hate to say like survival mode, you know, I, yeah. I personally try not to be in a survival mode, but more, you know, just how do we adapt and how do we move on? I think if you try to just be in a survival mode that, maybe that's really all you do is survive, you know, yeah. you kind of can't have that, but I think people are coming out of that a little bit. And then I think you're starting to hear kind of some of the rumbling and some of the business owners going, you know, Hey, we're going to get to the other side of this, but how do we plan for next year? You know, it's yeah. like, how does, you know, you guys have to, you know, make decisions and it could be everything down to, you know, the contractor. It could be somebody signing a lease to do, you know, a restaurant, you know, inside the airport, you know, it's, yeah. How do people, you know, how are they going to make some of these decisions? Because we don't know. Yeah. Like you said you're, you're down, you're down 40%. It's like, do we go back up? Well, I don't know. Well, what did we do last time? We don't know. You know, we never, I remember when this, yeah. you know, happened, I was like, I'm uh, close with my grandfather. And I was like, all this started, I'm like, I'll call him. Maybe he's been through something like this. And I thought about it. I was like, no, nobody <laughs> on earth has been through this before that we yeah, can, I think you know, 1918 or something like that was the last pandemic yeah it uh yeah there's so much you know unknown and, and so much depends on what happens with vaccination and or you know improved treatments but uh but yeah we're you know we're hoping to hit 50 percent of the 2019 employments this year uh but a lot depends on the remainder of the year and what happens to traffic and uh you know future years really you know depends so much what happens in terms of the vaccination and, and treatments but uh but uh yeah one good thing about uh our situation, and, and, and it's true with a lot of airports, they're not all, uh, you know, 20 or so years ago, they started focusing on trying to diversify our revenue sources, you know, we had a lot of land, and, and particularly in the last 10, 12 years, uh, uh, trying to lease that land, and, uh, you know, we've got lots of incentives for it, tax abatements, or there's some reasons why it's, it's a good fit for some companies to come and lease land long-term, 100 years, or, or whatever the lease terms may be, and build on it. And, you know, so we've got a diverse uh, range of businesses from Coca-Cola bottling, the sheriff's uh, offices, the uh, automotive uh, companies. Uh, they're not um, uh, an armored car company. You know, they're not all aviation-related. And, of course, we have the aviation-related uh, operations to two fixed base operators, FBOs, a third on the way, and uh, and and all those you know leases bring in a lot of revenue and and uh, a little over half our revenue. So it's it's the good thing for us is we're not as dependent on commercial airside revenue, which you know is the airline landing fees and rents and uh, the money that comes from their operations, parking, restaurants, uh, you know rental cars, those those kind of things. So so you know we're still hurting. Uh, like like all airports, with the loss of uh, the passenger uh, side revenue, uh, but we've got 
other sources that help us a lot. And, and that's important because even though we get federal funding from like the FAA for, for these projects, uh, we don't uh, take any local tax funding. We're a city department, but we operate as an enterprise fund, which means we're self-sufficient. We have to generate our own funds for operation as opposed to using local tax dollars. But, uh, but we're in a better position than, than, than some airports by, by having those business park leases and other revenue sources that, uh, you know, aren't, are, they're impacted, but not as directly as, you know, the commercial air uh, revenue options. Yeah, that's, I'm sure a lot of people didn't realize, you know, so it's more than cutting grass, keeping a smooth runway, you know, and bringing planes in and out. You've got an operation from, you know, leasing property, you've got, you know, a whole advertising, you know, department inside of there, you know, where people can advertise, you know, to these, you know, yeah, hundreds of thousands of people moving through. That's, yeah, a, that's a good point. That's another source of revenue. You just, all the signs you see in the airport, you know, they, uh, we work in partnership with Clear Channel to um, get those contracts because when you advertise the airport, you, you, you reach a high income, high education, you, you, you reach a really uh, good consumer for, for a lot of dependent on the product that, uh, you know, utilizes it. And uh, most of the advertisers, you know, have been really happy with, you know, we've got everything from, you know, hospitals and consulting firms to LSU advertises in the airport, uh, as does Southern. So, so yeah, aver- airport advertising is a, a good revenue option too. And, and, you know, and again, for any company looking to uh, uh, expand, uh, you know, whether they just need uh, storage space, uh, uh, you know, or whether they want a full-fledged, we've got plenty of land options in our aviation business park. And, uh, uh, they can be runway accessible or not. If you don't need the runway accessible land, uh, obviously it's you, you'd want to go for the land that's a little less expensive. Uh, and they've got great tax incentives and uh, and other incentives, uh, you know, that go along with it. Uh, and then of course, for a company that wants uh, and needs runway accessible land, which is generally going to be you know an aviation related or shipping company, you know, we, we've we've got those parcels too. Wow. So it sounds like there's a lot more, like I said, going on than just, you know, moving people, you know, it's a whole nother, there's a lot more to, like you said, when we started, you know, you're dealing with marketing and the public relations and the airport, you know, you've got, you're wearing all the hats, you know, over there. So, yeah. And, and, and Mike Edwards, our director, he's, he's, uh, he's doing a great job and, uh, you know, he's of course overseeing the entire, you know, operation and, and, uh, you know, he, he came in and, uh, of course he's, you know, come in at, a, you know, he's been, been director now for several years, but, you know, he's with uh, over two years, but with the COVID, he's, he's facing a, a challenge that few airport directors, you know, have to face in, the, in their careers. But, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I know a lot of uh, consensus is that we won't get back to 2019 levels till 2023, but I actually think it might be a little sooner. Again, it depend, depends on the vaccination and, uh, and mm-hmm. all, but I, I think there's a lot of pent up demand. I know there is for vacation, uh, leisure travelers, families, but I, I think, I think business too, you know, they, they're going to want to go back and uh, take care of their customers. They're, they're going to, the meeting convention business is definitely pent up demand, you know, for that. Uh, so I think uh, you're going to see that blend a little bit to where there's going to be, you know, a lot of these, you know, a lot of these executives and people that can kind of make the decision, you know, once yeah, they yeah. kind of green light and say, people start traveling. I know personally, there's a lot of times where I've worked with, you know, different businesses and they're like, it's like, oh, do we have to, you know, do we need to go see you? You know, do you want us to fly out? You know, it's kind of, they've got that discretion. And I think for, yeah. once it's, you know, everybody feels more comfortable. I think what you're going to yeah. see is there's going to be a lot of the, 
executives that are like, you know what, we're going to go fly it. You know, we're going to go, I'm going to go see the client, but you know what, I'm going to bring my family along because we're going to yeah. do two days with the client and then we're going to do the vacation that we didn't get to do last year, you know, and yeah. we're going to make up You're right. A lot so, of skip vacations, a lot of, we just want to get out of here, get out of the house. Uh, I think you're right. I think, you know, you'll see a lot of that. And I think that's, you know, another, you know, for, you know, for the Thursday afternoon, you know, we're going to go out and meet with the client on Friday and I'm going to drag the family and we're going to come back on Sunday. That's a quick turn. I did one of those myself, went to Memphis this past weekend and that's a quick, you know, in and out. I don't want to stack on another, you know, two hours of trying to make a drive to, you know, New Orleans and all that. So I think hopefully yeah. for Baton Rouge, it'll work out to where they're going, hey, we're going to do quick turn trips, but we're going to be, you know, once we land, we're back, you know, at our front door in 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think that that's, that's true. I think a lot of people take advantage of that because they, they have to do the business trip, but they're really ready to get the family out and do a vacation. Absolutely. Well, look, Jim, I appreciate, you know, all the time and, you know, I've learned a little bit, you know, okay. I hope everybody else has learned. There's a lot more happening out of an airport than just, you know, planes coming and going. So it's, well, thanks um, for having me. And Hey, we thank you to all our customers out there and appreciate them supporting the local airport whenever they can. Awesome. Uh, it helps the Baton Rouge. You know, we, a lot of people um, probably know this, but you know, we, we generate, uh, uh over 4,500 direct and indirect jobs, an annual economic impact of, of over 1.1 billion jobs. And this was a study done by Emergent Method and, uh, and the, uh, one of the LSU professors was, was their primary uh, person to work on it. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's more than we anticipated it would be, you know, 1.1 billion annually, but, but it's a, you know, a valid number. So uh, we, we, we definitely, you know, help the community economically. You know, you gotta have, a viable commercial airport uh, to, you know, if you're trying to recruit businesses, bring them in and, uh, you know, all that. Uh, so, so we appreciate the support of the community and we try to reciprocate uh, as much as we can by bringing value to the community. Absolutely. That's a, that is, that's an impressive number. People need to remember that, you know, I like the, uh, the saying fly BTR, you know, it makes it easy. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, I appreciate it. We'll uh, definitely love to have yeah. you back and hear some updates and just kind of what goes on and watch those numbers, you know, start to climb again. You know, it's encouraging for all of us. I think that's a good indicator. You know, it's one of those metrics I'm sure people can watch that are smarter than me that, you know, hey, when that travel number moves, everything moves, you know, along with it. So it's not yeah. the one indicator, but it's got to be a pretty strong one, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. So, all right. Well, I'll let you run to your day. We've got a bunch. All of right. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Awesome. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.